Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. I'm Anthony Buzzard, inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us for a few moments as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself the question, what is the Christian Gospel? What did Jesus challenge his audience to believe as the Gospel or good news? What did Jesus mean by the phrase so often found on his lips, the kingdom of God. When did you last hear a preacher or evangelist invite us to repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God, as Jesus did in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15? Our purpose in this series of programs is to ask the most fundamental of all questions about the Christian faith. What was the gospel that Jesus preached? What's the meaning of faith? What did the New Testament church and the apostles offer the public as a summons to belief and action? What were they promising their followers? And why, anyway, does any of this matter? We suggest that Jesus Christ, properly understood, was, so to speak, in the immortality business. He insisted over and over again that our response to the message which he brought is critically important for the ultimate destiny of all of us. Now, one can ignore these claims, but it makes better sense, surely, that we should be carefully weighing what Jesus had to say before we reject him out of hand. That's only reasonable. In these programs dedicated to the kingdom of God, we want to bring before you from the Bible what Jesus actually preached as the gospel or good news. You may be surprised at what we have to present. We invite you to check our findings carefully, Verify what we say in your own Bible, which is the actual documented report of what Jesus preached and taught nearly 2,000 years ago now. So precious are his words that they've been painstakingly preserved for all of us all of those years. We've been suggesting in previous programs that there is a central core concept that marks the very heart of what Jesus had to say to the public. In every system of knowledge, you know, every system of knowledge, there must be a fundamental idea to be grasped, a core concept around which all other data is organized. This central dominating idea will determine the character of any subject as a whole and give meaning to every part of it. The core concept, the basic thesis, becomes the criterion by which we judge all other connected ideas. Now, the Christian faith comes to us in the Bible as a body of information challenging us to response and action. The source of that information is ultimately God, God himself transmitting his message through prophets and teachers and supremely in his principal representative and agent, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom we believe to have been the prophesied Messiah of Israel. What then is the central core concept of the teaching of Jesus? What formed the heart of his message? What one single idea underlies everything he preached and taught? What primary idea must be grasped and believed by any who want to follow Jesus? Now, the answer to this question can be discovered by anyone with an ordinary ability to read, and any version of the Bible will do, provided one has an earnest desire to find out what Jesus taught and what he requires of us. The importance of Christianity's key idea so impressed the writers of the New Testament that they emphasized it over and over again. 
So let me suggest to you that by opening a Bible at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, we can plainly answer the question we just asked. If you turn to Luke chapter 4 and verse 43, you'll find that Jesus said the following words, I must proclaim the gospel about the kingdom of God to the other cities also. That's the reason why God sent me. So we see at once that the core concept, the center of Jesus' teaching, had to do with what he called the kingdom of God, or the gospel about the kingdom. If, for example, we look at the beginning of Mark's gospel, we find that after John the Baptist had been put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's gospel, God's good news, God's headline news, if you like. And Jesus then said, The time has come, and the kingdom of God is approaching. Repent and believe in that gospel. That's to say, the gospel about the kingdom of God. In Acts 8 and verse 12, we noted that the apostles, when they preached, carried on the very same central message about the kingdom. Philip, for example, in Acts 8 and verse 12, was announcing the gospel to the people in Samaria. And we read the following account. When they believed Philip, as he was proclaiming the gospel about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, both men and women. That, in fact, was the initial preaching that Philip did to the Samaritan people outside of Jerusalem. And then in the book of Acts, we find constantly that Paul did not vary this message in any significant way. Now, he might have emphasized certain aspects of it on one occasion or another, but there nevertheless remained a central idea that Paul wanted to get over to his converts and his audiences. For example, in Acts chapter 28 and verse 23, at the end of Paul's career now, when he was in Rome, we read the following, Paul put his case to them, and the people in question were Jewish people, and he was testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them about Jesus, arguing from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And this went on, we read, from early morning until late in the evening. Now, some were convinced, Luke says, by what Paul said, but the rest were skeptical. Now, that really is a most enlightening account of what the early Christians were up to in terms of their gospel preaching. You notice that Paul was putting a case to them. It was rather like a court case where you produce evidence and you make your case by arguing logically from certain premises. Paul put his case to them, Luke reports in Acts 28:23, testifying, there again a legal term, testifying, giving a witness, a divine statement on no less an authority than God himself. And Paul was testifying to what he called the kingdom of God, Jesus and Paul's favorite topic. The kingdom of God then was the heart and soul of what Paul was trying to persuade his audience about and he used logical and rational arguments. He was trying to persuade them, in fact, that Jesus was the promised Messiah, the one whom the Hebrew Scriptures had promised since early times, indeed from the creation onwards. And so Paul made every effort to persuade them about Jesus and the kingdom of God, arguing, Luke says, from the law of Moses and the prophets. We should note that Paul's only Bible at this stage was the Hebrew Bible, what we now call the Old Testament. It would be much better to call it not the Old Testament, as though it was passé or somehow obsolete, but rather the Hebrew Bible, 
And so using the documents of Genesis to Second Chronicles, because that was the order of the books in which they had them in those days, from Genesis, the first book of the Hebrew Bible, to the last book of the Hebrew Bible, Second Chronicles, Paul was arguing from that base, and Paul was trying to persuade them about Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And this went on from early morning until late evening. I should add, of course, that they had exactly the same books in the Hebrew Bible as we now have in the Old Testament, except that they were placed in a different order. Now, the result of Paul's preaching about the kingdom of God and the Christian gospel was that some were convinced by what Paul said, while the rest remained skeptical. You notice the method of evangelism used by the apostles. There was very little in the way of, quote, entertainment, you note. Paul simply used rational argument and discussion based on the text of the Hebrew Bible to persuade people to become Christians. And the topic that he always encompassed in his talks with the audience was the topic which Jesus had denounced before, namely the topic of the kingdom of God. Now, in the 31st verse of the 28th chapter of Acts, in fact, the last verse of the book of Acts, we find that Paul, having not found a good response among many of the Jewish people he was addressing, then took that same message about the kingdom of God to the Gentile people, the non-Jewish people, that is. And Paul was encouraged by the fact that he expected the Gentiles to listen carefully to what he had to say, even though some of the Jewish people had rejected him. And so Paul took the message of the kingdom with confidence, the message of God to the Gentile people, and preached that very same message for two whole years, Luke tells us in the last verses of the book of Acts. Now I think we can see from these basic texts, from Luke 4, verse 43, and Acts 8 and verse 12, and also Acts 28, verses 23 and 31, that the essence of evangelistic preaching in the early church had to do with both Jesus and the kingdom of God. Now, this is hardly surprising because the Gospels tell us, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us quite plainly that the opening of Jesus' ministry in Galilee was marked precisely by the message of the gospel of the kingdom. We find that in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, and also in the beginning of Matthew's gospel, for instance, chapter 4 and verse 23, that Jesus was going about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel about the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Let me leave you with one other very remarkable text on this same subject of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' final discourse in Matthew, the 24th chapter, where he summarized the extraordinary events that have to happen before his arrival in power and glory to set up the kingdom, Jesus noted a particular sign of the end, the end, that is, of this present age, leading to the new age of the coming kingdom of God. In Matthew 24, verse 14, Jesus said, And this gospel about the kingdom will be announced in the whole world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, that surely is a text that needs to be repeated often, Jesus gave a specific sign as evidence of the fact that the end of this current age was approaching, and he said it was precisely the preaching of what he called this gospel about the kingdom. Notice not just the gospel, but this gospel about the kingdom. 
That's to say, this well-known gospel, well-known as it was in apostolic circles in the early church, this well-known gospel of the kingdom, the gospel that we Christians all know, is the gospel. This gospel of the kingdom, Jesus said, would be heralded, as the Greek word tells us there, heralded in all the world as a witness, again a legal term, as a divine testimony to all the nations of the earth, and then the end of the age and the second coming of Jesus will occur. And so I think you'll have to agree that we cannot be off target if we are centering on the very topic that obviously preoccupied Jesus mainly in his preaching and teaching, as to say, the gospel about the kingdom. So then let's summarize. We're suggesting that the gospel is the key word in the New Testament. It's the good news that comes from God himself, and his principal speaker and agent, the bearer of that gospel, is Jesus of Nazareth. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, inviting people to repent and believe precisely in that gospel of the kingdom of God. We pointed out that the agenda of Jesus Christ centered on this missionary effort, the missionary effort of spreading far and wide the gospel of the kingdom of God. Notice that in the early days of the church, People were expected to confess their belief in that kingdom of God gospel and the name of Jesus before they were ready to be baptized. We invite you to request from us our free book on the kingdom of God and join us again for our continued discussion of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.